Spike. Welcome to the Times Yours podcast, a very special Times Yours podcast, as it is the first one ever uh, where the subject is the Philadelphia Union. And my guest is Scott Kessler from the Brotherly Game. How are you, sir? Uh, other than having suffered a mild concussion uh, Tuesday morning, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> how did you, before we get going, how did you suffer a concussion? Uh, I, I unfortunately can't attribute it to a sport. Uh, one of the legs on uh, one of my chairs at school snapped and hit my head into uh, uh, like part of my bed. Oh. Uh, thankfully, I wasn't bleeding or anything. Oh, that's like an embarrassing way to c- get a concussion. That's not a cool yeah. concussion to get. Yeah. Um, well, well, then I'll, I'll take into consideration everything you say. <laughs> the fact that you that you do have a mild concussion. Um, hey, maybe you can help me with something before we get going. Um, when I was at YSP and we did stuff with uh, we did union stuff, um, I was told that you, you're not supposed to put the word the in front of union. Like it's a you're supposed to treat it, I guess, as a singular. Do, are you aware of? Who, who told you that? Did I, the I th- team tell you that? I think it came through the team, and then Gordon was explaining to you know Gordon. Gordon was explaining right. to me. That's uh, an English English thing to do. If, oh, okay. if you talk to if you, if you read English sports journalism, it's Manchester United, not the Manchester United, or it's Real Madrid, Barcelona, you know Roma, Inter. It, it's they're not the you know Inter Milan. They're it's Inter Milan. Okay. In the United States, though, it's not Philadelphia Eagles. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, and it, even it, and even when you even when the team is a a singular name like Miami Heat, it's still the Miami Heat. It's not you don't right. change it when it's singular or plural. It's I guess the Miami Heat are not the Miami Heat is. Yeah, correct. So and the rule from the rule from in America, and I, I hate to get into American versus you know UK argument, but American English dictates that for sports teams because of the way that our journalism has progressed over the years. It's, 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 if it's a city, so Philadelphia, that is it's singular. Right, right, But right. If, it's, if it's the full team name or it's the team nickname, that, that uh, adjacent name, then it's R automatically. And I think the problem is that people are so used to putting is in soccer that even though we have this rule of thumb in America, it's a Europeanized uh, way of, of doing it, because I've seen the team do it, I've seen uh, major newspapers in the area do it, uh, I've seen, you know, Reuters, AP, uh, I've seen SI, ESPN do it too, and it's just something that's not going to go away until uh, until people, I guess, go back to school on it. Yeah, I, it's a soccer, MLS specifically, is in this weird place, well, I guess soccer in America is in this weird place where... It's such a global game, but um, I almost think of I think of the United States um, in relation to other countries the same way I think about Philadelphia in relation to other cities. Philadelphia is very um, provincial and myopic, myopic. We only see what's happening. We only really care what's happening in Philadelphia. And the United States in general only mostly cares, you know, thinks about the world in terms of the United States, where soccer is this global game with global customs, but it's, um, it, it's in a place now where 
you know, they want to get more people who are, you know, normal U.S. sports fans. And it, it's kind of like, I think, at this um, interesting point where things as small as that are, are different and it's hard to kind of, I guess, integrate it or it's, it's in the process of integrating and becoming, you know, whatever it will be in five years. But I think it's a... Um, it's a it's a different way that people have thought about sports. People don't think about even though basketball is a global game, people don't think of basketball as a global game, you know, but but soccer I think is a different story. I think we have two disconnects. One, everybody expects Americans to be best at whatever sport we're talking about because we're used to having the best basketball players, which is why, you know, not winning the Olympics was such a, a pain to every single American, even though by that time the Olympics didn't you know, matter that much in terms of basketball. Then we have a dream team to pronounce the superiority. Um, in baseball, nobody gives a crap about the World Baseball Classic because they know that every single player in Major League Baseball is probably the best in the world, other than maybe, you know, uh, one or two Japanese teams in the, uh, Japanese teams that could possibly compete in Major League Baseball. Um, football. I mean, look at what happened in Europe. None of those teams are, or none of those teams are good enough uh, for the sport to have competed here. So. The Super Bowl is the uh, the game to decide the world champion, and, uh, and and hockey. I think hockey and basketball are probably the only two sports that you have a legitimate claim to having good teams outside of the United States. Yeah. But even then, are you going to take you know a Swedish hockey team over uh, the Flyers or um, a Greek basketball team over you know the Sixers? Uh, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I think um, basketball, I think it's happened, I think the integration of the world um, has happened pretty well in the NBA in that um, it's been gradual, but before, it's been gradual but quick, if, if that makes any sense, where, you know, before you know, before anybody realized it, there were, there are so many international players now in the NBA, which at one time was a league where no international players were, like, the NHL was always at least... Canadian and American, you know, it, it started. The Flyers definitely were. Yeah, yeah, and w- whereas like the NBA has, you know, with just the f- the fact that Dirk Nowitzki is as big as he is, and he's not American, you know, um, and the, I think or Yao Ming is as big as he was here. I mean, you're talking about a guy who um, was voted, you know, onto the All Star team without playing games, you know, by a long shot. Um, but I think uh, I think it's happened now. It's not. The game, the game itself is different globally than it is in the United States itself, where, you know, the NBA compared to um, the international game. But I think the players have started to, to integrate well. But that, that's the difference is that it's still, they've integrated into the American culture of basketball, right. whereas soccer is different. Like, we are trying to assimilate to the national culture of soccer. You know what I mean? See, I, 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 see, I see that as a problem, but at the same time, I think people don't know the history of soccer in America and, abs- and automatically assume that it's an un-American sport, be it because they don't see people running around. I've, I've heard, you know, you hear, you hear such dumb excuses for why soccer, you know, is terrible. But sports aren't supposed to be just about exercising, which is one of the most really, ridiculous things I've ever heard. If, if you can't move in a sport, then, then you're going to end up as Derek Coleman. You're going to get paid millions of dollars and people are going to hate you. Uh, trying to figure, you know, I'm trying to think of Philadelphia athletes here who, you know, re- refuse to actually be athletic. Um, you know, it, it's it's stuff like like Travis Lee. People he played for the Phillies. 
Prescribe us for you anything. Would he, would he have been able to play any other sport but baseball? No. And he's bad at it, too. He was just good enough to be better than people worse than him. In, in America, we've had soccer, especially in, in the Pennsylvania area, for over a century, and probably the greatest team in the history of American soccer was Bethlehem Steel FC. And how many people, you know, between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia know that the history that, that sits, you know, within the state itself. Plus, it, it's got a really cool logo. Uh, but, uh, you, I mean, the you, Philadelphia area has got great history. You know what? I, I think there's almost too much discussion, actually, about all sports, about why people like or don't like a sport. Um, I think yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's almost forced on people who... It, it's a dynamic in which, you know, uh, if you'd ask me, if you're, let's say you're a hockey fan, and you say, well, why don't you like hockey? And I just go, you know, I just don't like it. And, but then there's always like that next step. Well, why don't you like it? Well, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's just either you like it or you don't. You want to enjoy it, you don't want to enjoy it. It's there. If you, you know, I can't explain to you why, why I like basketball. I just do. I can't explain to you. Right. I, can, I can tell you the things that I like about it. I can tell you the things that I like about baseball. Um, and some of it is, I, is just, you know, you grow up watching it. Some people grow up watching one thing, they grow up watching another. It's almost like a, a religion. You can't explain why you're a religion. Uh, aside from the fact that you just you have always been that way. So I think um you know the people that don't like soccer or any sport or you know I experience the same thing about NBA basketball when I talk about it. The people that don't like it feel like they have to give a reason why they don't like it and tell you why you shouldn't. Um and the people that do feel the need to tell people that don't why they should. And it's like, it's not such a waste of time. You know, I think overall, it's just, you know, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. It's there. Tell me the things you enjoy about it. But I don't, I don't need to know, you know, I don't, I don't think, you know, I, I think I discovered, um, I discovered that I like soccer because the people who liked it were excited about it. I think that's the best way to get anybody to enjoy anything is not to um, to explain to somebody why they should like it, but just to be excited and enjoy it. And I think that's kind of that can be contagious more than anything else. I'm at the point where I don't even I don't even ask whether or not you like soccer. Uh, I had uh, I went to the the Union game on Sunday and then went to the Eagles game Sunday night with my dad. And on the uh, train home from the Eagles game. Uh, there were two uh, two couples around my my uh, father's age, right in front of us, and we ended up getting into a discussion. And one of the guys liked soccer, one of the guys didn't like soccer. But the guy who liked soccer, um, I, you could classify them as a as what American soccer fans like to call Euro snobs, people that refuse to accept Major League Soccer as um, a product even worth watching. Like not even I'm not even saying enjoying and going to games, but you know actually there, uh, and. I didn't even I didn't go into liking it. I simply said there is soccer in your backyard. It is a tangible thing, and there is nothing better than than that. Yeah. And and I'm at that point. And I, I even said to him, I, I said, you can look me up. I run this website. You can email me if you ever go into a game. And uh, since I'll be 21 next year, I said I will buy you a beer. And one of the most popular things in American soccer right now is called the uh, free beer movement. It's run by a couple of uh, guys out of Texas, I believe. And their motto is. Um, don't go after the people that don't like soccer. Because, like you said, you're not going to convert somebody. You, you either like it or you don't. But you go for that fringe person, you offer them a beer to go to a game. Americans, they like beer. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, and I think I th- I think that works. I, and I, you're right. You know, I heard um, Dave Rowan, who who works for is a VP for a union. I heard him on WIP when they announced the deal, and his whole point was it, he made the same point about trying to win over people to union. It wasn't their mission isn't to make non soccer fans soccer fans. It's to make people who enjoy the sport of soccer enjoy MLS and enjoy union and that's the first and if you can if you can win that battle th- there's enough people that like soccer there are there are more than enough people that like soccer to support a professional franchise um, so it, it's about getting the people who like you said are fringe who enjoy the sport but maybe just haven't watched this version of the sport to get them to enjoy it um, it's, it's interesting you bring that up because the move to CSN Philly for uh, TV games was was huge in drawing those people, and you know there were those uh, there were the Philadelphians that said I refuse to watch CSN Philly if that comes on, you know. Uh, and then other people were like I leave CSN Philly on all the time and on to watching it. Uh, the reported numbers for the games moving to CSN Philly were between sixty thousand and seventy thousand viewers per game, which is about a one on the TV ratings, which is just about the six you were getting last year. So, um, not to not to say I, I'm not going to get into a comparison because I hate when when people get into arguments about which one's more popular. I'm just saying we're at that point now where the union has to start being brought up as um, instead of having four for four um, that five for five discussion of whether or not it's that fifth team in in um, in Philadelphia instead of being what people consider to be the soul or the wings. It's about to get to that point where it's going to have to be discussed as a major team in the city. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, they have. I think that the difference is that is the the history. You're talking about teams that. Um, I mean, and it doesn't. Again, this doesn't matter. I, I think. I think the union. The union are definitely ahead of the soul. Union are definitely ahead of the wings in that discussion. The dif- difference is you're talking about teams that have been in this um, in this city for. You of know, course, 30, yeah. 40, 50, 60 years compared to one that's been in the city for two. So I think I think the 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 difference between um, you know uh, between four and five is is vast just in terms of right. um, familiarity and you know. But but I think they have an advantage in that you will have you know millions of teenagers and young kids who grew up just having union in Philadelphia who who don't know about the time when when the team wasn't here um so when you talk about 10 or 15 years down the road um that's a real uh it's it's a you know real advantage it's you'll see it then you'll see it when people you know are alive and don't know about Philadelphia when that team when the team didn't exist anyway getting on to the team itself uh they uh the second match in the aggregate series with Houston is tonight in Houston. Now, before we go on, let me make sure that I have the aggregate series rules um, laid out perfectly for me here, right? It's uh, a home-and-home. Home. The team that scores, the first, the first winner, the first way to win is just to score the most goals uh, in the combination of the two games. That's right, right? Uh, the, way, the way the rules read out, kind of ambiguous because if you said that to me I'd be confused because it's two games so I think the simple way of explaining the entire series is um, it's the same thing as a regular season so you basically have you have win-loss tie so whoever gets out with the best record wins so if, if one team wins both games it's over Right. if one team wins a game and ties a game it's over 
Um, now, if if it's a tie, so you know, there's uh, each team wins or they're both ties, then it comes down to goals uh, scored. Um, and in throughout the world, typically there's an away goal rule where the team that has the most away goals will win. Uh, if it's a tied uh, goal, uh, if, if goals are tied, but in this case, there's no away goal rule. So it is simply if uh, if the series is tied, you know, one to one, but the goal scored is you know uh, seven to six, then the team seven is going to win. Oh wait a minute! So I, the the away goal thing doesn't apply to this series? I thought it did. No, Major League Soccer does not have an away goals rule, oh, and it really confuses okay. soccer fans because they're used to seeing Champions League in Europe, uh, where you know. Uh, uh, some small team will go into some big team stadium, score that one away goal, and have a chance of winning because they have that one away goal, even though the game was tied one-one. Uh, in, in this, the Union aren't that that they're not in a bad place. They need to score one goal to force uh, extra time, which is Without two fifteen-minute periods. Of course, right, right, right. Without allowing a goal, or they need to. They, uh, they th- this is how it works. They score one goal, don't let up a goal, they go into extra time. Two goals or more without letting up a goal, they win. Uh, two to one, which would be the exact same thing that happened in Philadelphia, but Houston won that way. Overtime. But progress into extra time. Okay. Anything other than that, so three to one, four to one, they move on. Okay. It's just they, they basically have to put, they have to have a goal between them and Houston. Well, they have to have, if they have two goals or more up on Houston after this game uh, is over, they move on. Okay. So it's not the big. It's not that big of a of a deficit to overcome. But Houston is probably going to be putting a lot of people behind the ball, which just means going very defensive, and to break them apart is going to be very hard. Well, almost the same way that they played the second half of of the first match. The second half of the first match felt like um, Houston got, a, to me, to my eyes, and again, um, I haven't watched nearly as much soccer as you, but to my eyes, Houston came out um, attacking in the first match, in the first half. Um, and then in the second half, it kind of felt like they were happy to get out of there with a goal lead. And am, am I wrong in saying that that's what I saw? No, that's, just, that's pretty much exactly what you saw. They were sitting back and um, what a lot of teams do is that when they have the lead, they'll either sit back and just take the assault, which we saw Houston do, but Houston also set themselves up for counters and um, just just for the uh, uh, just to define it because I, I, I know you uh, I know not everybody picks up on the terms that easily because not everything's the same in every sport, but uh, basically they would sit back and take the take the brunt of the attack, and then once the ball was turned over to them, they would push forward almost immediately in the close strike. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I guess the the most apt comparison I could have, especially for you, is uh, a fast break in basketball. You sit back and wait, grab the ball, run. Um, and uh, that's basically what they were doing the entire second half. And uh, what ended up happening was uh, they could have gone up 3-1. to one. They had two people uh, in front of the defense with the ball up against Mojergon and uh, Carlos Costley, who ended up getting the ball. Just completely put it over the net. Uh, now that there were there were calls for offside, and if you watch the replay, it looked like both players were offside on the play. But uh, it can be very deadly if you pull off a counter correctly. 
Yeah, the, it, well, it was almost like, too, like a penalty kill in hockey, the same way they were playing, it, the, the way it looked like to me. It, you just sit and wait for a shot. If you, if you get a chance, you, you run with it. But otherwise, you just, you're just playing a lot of defense, just right. hoping to get out exactly. of the 2-1. And uh, honestly, the Houston being up 2-1 at the half, it felt like Union were lucky because there were, they had, it felt like the whole game, the whole first half was played on the Union side of the ball. Like, I felt like the Union were lucky just being down one goal going into the second half. They they had some defensive lapses, and it didn't didn't turn out that well for Pierre Novak's tactics because starting Stefani Miglaranzi, who I think started around 10 games this year, played in maybe 12, uh, hasn't played, hadn't played since early September. That was probably the worst decision of his managerial career. Uh, he tried out a new formation, hadn't played it in any meaningful game this season. Uh, it, it looked like it looked like he was attempting a three-five-two, which means three, uh, typically three center backs. You have five midfielders in some sort of fashion, and um, uh, two two strikers or forwards. And what happened was he tried to get his uh, uh, his outside backs or full backs, who are typically Gabriel Farfan and Shane Williams, tried to play them up as far as possible and have them come all the way back. But the problem was that the midfield was very congested. And what ended up happening was their attacks didn't have anywhere to go. And the um, the, the Dynamo would just come down the wings because there wouldn't be any overlap uh, protecting those wings. And you saw a lot of balls getting put in from uh, from Brad Davis, who had 15 assists this year, only one behind David Beckham. And it, it just turned out to be very bad. They're not good at set pieces and they had a ton of set pieces against them. Set pieces are uh, free kicks, direct free kicks, yeah. uh, which are the ones that you see shots on goal, yeah. uh, corners, all that kind of stuff. Just, it didn't end up well for the first half, and then once they went down, and it seems to be a pattern this year, once they went down and the other team started sitting back, they had an offense. And that's not a good sign of things. You, it, a team that needs to have the other team go up to have an offense, the team is not going to bring away uh, the results that you want the team to have. Now, now going into this, are the is would you say Union were the favorites or were Union were the underdogs going into this? Who's a who's a better soccer team? Uh, based off of where they finished, they were technically the underdogs because they finished third in the Eastern Conference and Houston was second. Okay. Um, in terms of this season, they were better than Houston pretty much the entire season. They won the first uh, game against them in Houston, one nothing on a fourth minute goal from Danny Kalis. Uh, and then just sat back the rest of the game. So sitting backs uh, happened a lot. And then the second game of the season, they were up one nothing, and Houston came back and tied it late in Philadelphia. Uh, I, they're pretty they're pretty evenly matched based off of uh, what kind of teams they are. But the, the Union hold a speed advantage. The Union has probably a better defense when it's playing at its best. And uh, I, I would give Sebastian to the nod over. Um, Houston's strikers, but uh, I mean Houston just played a really good team game, and sometimes you can't beat that, especially when you're using experimental formation. Yeah, Union seem more athletic generally than Houston does. Um, that to me, um, they they just felt it felt like individually the team the the players were more skilled than Houston was. Um, but you're right, they had now. What are their shots? What are what is it called when you get like a bunch of corner kicks and side? Those are called set set uh, corner uh, set pieces. Refers to when okay when you when you take um, any kind of kick 
that's placed. Okay. Um, so, uh, other than other than uh, a penalty kick or a place kick, uh, I don't think that's classified as a set piece in today's game. Okay. But corner kicks, indirect free kicks, which are the ones that you see uh, just set into the box and they're not shot on goal because not every single free kick is a lot to go directly on goal. Uh, so you see a lot of times a player tap it to another player and that allows them to shoot it. Um, and then direct free kicks are the ones that you see typically shot on goal. Um, a lot of American uh, Americans that don't even like soccer know David Beckham for his direct free kicks because he just bends it. <laughs> he bends it like Beckham. Yeah, like the movie. The movie. Um, uh, now, uh, you're, if, let's say you're a betting man going into tonight's match. Who, uh, did the Union win it or no? If you're a Based betting man. solely upon Pedro Novak's history, I say, I say they, they at least push it into extra time. Um, so when it is in terms of the series, I'm not so sure because Houston just simply needs to defend and get set pieces and they could finish off the series. But in terms of, uh, in terms of pushing it at least, into the, uh, at least into tying the series, I could definitely see that happening, especially to likes to score down in Houston. And the Union are 2-0 and at Robertson Stadium in Houston. So it's a good sign of things for them. Um, one more tactical thing, uh, just as a, again as a novice. It was a big, it seemed like a big deal. Or I think I even asked you how big a deal it was on a scale of 1 to 10 when they signed Adu. And I, I, I imagine, I think it was you, but somebody told me it was about a 7 on, you know, on a, a 1 to 10 scale. Um, but and then I'm watching the match on Sunday, and he's not in there until like the, like the, the latter part of the second half, the 77th minute, I think he came in. Um, why, why doesn't he play more? I don't think it was me that said it was a 7. I hope okay. not, because okay. if I go back and I find that I said it was a seven, I might have to commit sports to Kuku. Uh, um, it, it was, it was a signing that kind of made sense at the time that he was signed, but hasn't made financial sense uh, sense other than jersey sales and I guess some international recognition. Um, he just he he got hurt during the Concacaf Gold Cup, which is the North American. Championship, um, and uh, versus versus Mexico in the final when the U.S. lost four two. He played very well the game before. He played well in that game, but he hurt his ankle. And he uh, hadn't played in a little bit after his um, time on loan to a second division team in Turkey ended. And he was it was healing. He wasn't there yet when he signed with the Union. He kind of got thrown in almost right away. He he waited like two games to get in, but his ankle wasn't healed. He's been playing on that and. You know, if you're a professional athlete and you're playing, an injury can't be used as, a, as an excuse. But the lack of success with the union can partially be attributed to that. And the other reasoning is, even though he's been played, he hasn't been played in the same role each time. Okay. So he's been played on the wing on the left side. He's been played on the wing on the right side. He's been played centrally. Uh, he's been played as a second striker. Um, uh, and he's been played as a false nine which means that he's been played as a second striker, but in a way that allows him to drop back into the second role, uh, a secondary role as an attacking midfielder. And his problem's been his his first touch is off. That's when he receives the ball right away. His dribbling skills are there, but he he takes on defenders too much. Um, He'll he'll see see a pass, but he'll forget that there are two or three people there, and he's not somebody that's going to dribble completely through them. His best skill... Is his agility and his ability to use that agility to to send passes through the defense while he cuts, 
and his his cuts aren't there. His passing, we've seen one or two passes that just uh, they're passes where you go, I can't believe he made that. But there's only been one or two, and they need to see more of them every single game. The other problem's been that the other left uh, lefty central attacking midfielder on the team, Roger Torres, played much better than him leading up to the signing and then through the signing, and then got benched for him. And Roger Torres is a much more dynamic player right now. He's able to take long-range shots. He's able to take better free kicks. I think his corners are better than the dues, too. And overall, his um, his long-range passes are much better. Some of the union's best goals over the last two years have come off of his left foot, uh, from his left foot. Not not that he scored with him, because he's only scored one goal, but just his passes are brilliant. So, in in short, you'd say Adu has not been successful. A because he's been he's been hurt, and B because he hasn't his role hasn't been clearly defined. It seems like has Latou been better since Adu got here? Is that just a coincidence, or is it, or does it have something to do with him? He's been better since mid June, and it just so happens to be coincidence because Adu came in uh, August. And he's been better since mid September. I apologize. Okay. Um, Adu came in mid August. It's not because of the deal. Okay. I can tell you that. I don't. I don't even. I think that do maybe has one of two, one or two assists on uh, with two's ten goals since mid September. It just. It took a while for a dude uh, for for Novak to adjust the tactics to allow uh, Sebastian Latou to get back into the rhythm that he had last year. It took him an entire almost took him three fourths of the season to score a goal from the run of play, which means. Um, not off of a corner, not off of a free kick, and not off of a penalty kick. Um, it, it just so it just so happens that he's been here since he scored, since he's been scoring. So, uh, so let's say Union lose tonight, boohoo, uh, and the season's over. This se- to to be in the playoffs, to be as good as they were in the second season I, this year, even if they lose tonight, is a success. You would say uh, it, it's a success based upon the fact that this team was a brand new franchise. It wasn't uh, an expansion team that was brought in from um, an, an NASL team, which is North American Soccer League, which uh, you saw the sound, you saw the, the Sounders, the Vancouver Whitecaps, uh, the Montreal Impact are coming from that, uh, the Portland Timbers. Uh, they all had teams and all had, you know, they all have vast histories in North American soccer and had players that they could bring in. Like Sebastian too was a Seattle Sounder. And they signed him for. He was the first player they signed from their their uh, United Soccer League team that became the Major League Soccer team. So the fact that the union simply got players for the expansion draft, signed players, traded for players, and drafted players, and now in their second year they're in the playoffs and have a chance of progressing to a championship game. That's huge, um, absolutely huge. I, I, I don't I don't know what else to say other than that. Is it? It's not going to meet people's expectations because they played very well throughout the year up until. Uh, mid-season slump during the summer, but coming into the season, I picked them as a 40-point team, barely missing out on the playoffs. They ended up with uh, 48 points, or one point away from finishing in second place, were uh, three three points away from potentially being in first place. I, I think it's been a great season for them. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you, it's been uh, exciting for me, and I think they have... Um, the, the playoffs for MLS, not just this year, but in general, come at a uh, come at a good time. I think in Philadelphia, in that um, 
you know, even if the Phillies had gone everywhere they were supposed to go, uh, the Philly season would be over by now. Um, the Eagles season is kind of in the middle of it, and Sixers and Flyers are just starting. And I think as an opportunity to get people involved, and I wrote something last week that just people in Philadelphia and I think sports fans in general just like following winners, and they might not be there the whole the whole season. Um, and it's like this for every sport; it's just to different degrees. Um, but but during the playoffs, I think people get more interested and are more apt to even if they don't quite understand. Um, because trust me, not everybody that watches the Phillies in October understands baseball to the same level um, that somebody who follows baseball every day does. And the same goes with hockey. Panthers 09. What's that? Yeah. yeah, well, and it's just, you know, that's that's the, that's the that's how it works. You know what I mean? When teams win, they have more right. fans. So I think it comes at a good time for them just to get energy behind the team and to get um, some kind of, uh, you know, visibility uh, amongst in the city. So I'm hoping they win tonight. I'm going to the Flyers game, but I'm DVRing it. I'm going to DVR it and watch it, not even look at Twitter and watch it when I get home as if it's going That's online. impressive for you. Yes. Not looking at Twitter. Yeah. It's very impressive yeah. for you. Yeah. Well, I can, oh. I, I can still text to it and not look at it. So I can talk um, without, without reading it. Just to warn you, the Flyers might spread the score at some point. Oh, right. Well, because they had it, JVR, uh, Hartnell, Briere. I know Richards and Carter like uh, came to at least one union game also. There's sometimes the band members saw them in, in, one, in one of the bathrooms. Um, but uh, Flyers have gone to the games. Jimmy Rollins was the honorary captain with Hartnell and JVR. I mean, they have support from some of the teams, uh, and the 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 union last uh, at the beginning of this um, season wore Flyers jerseys for warm-ups, and I think the team got fined for it because uh, they were supporting them when they were playing the Blackhawks in the Stanley Cup. So I think you might see a score okay. or two up on the board if, if that happens. Well, it doesn't start. The union match starts at 8.30, right? Uh, I think it does. I think it's 8.20-ish. Okay. Yeah, I went to the Flyers team 7 o'clock. Yeah, so it'll be, I mean, the the union match will be nothing-nothing for, for for at least a little while. I think I'll be okay. Uh, maybe even well, if I get one score update, I'll be okay, hopefully. Right. Um, well, uh, Scott Kessler, the website is brotherlygame.com, and on Twitter you are Scott D. Kessler. Um, and I uh, thank you very much for coming on today, man. Well, thanks for having me on. Always a... Uh, Always appreciate the asking name. <laughs> well, yeah. ho- hopefully we can do another one of these this season. So I'm hoping for that. If we can get by tonight, I'm hoping we get to do more this season. Hey, we can do we can do uh, was it the the big league stew, uh, big league stew, and uh, Puck Daddy do those, um, you know, uh, the eulogy things because I know I know Meech wrote it for for the Phillies this year. Oh, you want we to do, do one of those. Like a look back, a eulogy on the season. We could do that. Yeah. yeah all right. So and I'm going to end up, once, I, once I'm allowed to write again, according to my doctors, I'll, I'll do, uh, when, whenever they're eliminated or if they win, obviously they have the chance of winning the championship still, uh, a major soccer cup. Uh, but whenever the season ends, I'll definitely do one of those. I'm not going to be funny because I'm just not, I'm not niche. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm not Ryan, Ryan Pat's, um, or you, um, nothing like that. I'm a little too serious sometimes. That's why, actually, the, this concussion came at the worst time because I was about to write a Princess Bride-inspired article on Sunday Night's Lost. <laughs> well, well, keep it. Uh, just keep that idea in the back of your head somewhere. You can always use it at another time. The, the back of the head's the part that's, that's injured. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> they keep it in the front. 
Um, all right, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. All Mike. right, thanks, Scott. I don't know how to end these, but this is over. So thanks for listening to Times Yours. More at spikeeskin.com.